When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advance Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on NJ.com slash Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss Nick Sirianni's staff, the coming comings and goings of that staff, and much more. Chris, how you doing today? Not too bad, Mike. Not too bad. It's uh, things are starting to come into pick a little bit clearer now with this coaching uh, staff situation. So it's, uh, it's it's pretty interesting to see. How about yourself, man? Um. Well, other than having a cold, which is definitely a cold. Um, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm feeling a little bit better today. Yesterday, <clears throat> it was tiring. But um, so if my voice is a little hoarse, that's why. But, you know, uh, I think and I don't mean to pat us on the back a little bit, but I think that uh, we got a lot of stuff going through the pipeline content wise on the Sirianni uh, coaching search and, and coaching hire. And I think, um, you know. It's been a good couple of couple of weeks for us. Um, that said, uh, right off the top, I want to talk about some news that I broke uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Press Taylor will not return. It's official. They are parting ways. Along with that, uh, Deuce Staley and Dave Phipp are both headed to Detroit. So it's not just about filling the staff. For Nick Sirianni, it's about filling notable holes. Dave Fitt was one of the best special teams coaches in the league over the past 10 years. Uh, he was here for eight years in Philadelphia, had a really strong run with Chip Kelly. Uh, the last couple of years have been kind of rough, especially due to injuries. I think it was good for him to get a change of scenery. Deuce Staley obviously got passed over for the, the, the head coaching job. He'd been passed over for promotions in the past. You wrote a terrific article the other day, a column the other day, about the lack of diversity on this coaching staff and the lack of diversity on the Eagles, you know, leadership group over the last 20 something years. Uh, can you kind of go into what, how, how you've kind of felt once you once you found out? We've already talked about Deuce getting passed over, but just in general, as you've seen Jonathan Gannon uh, get the defensive coordinator job. Uh, Shane Steichen get the offensive coordinator job and then Kevin Petullo getting the passing game coordinator job. All of those coaches are white. Uh, Nick Sirianni is obviously white. 
Um, they all know each other. Uh, they've all worked together. Um, so what's your thought process on the hiring process of the coaching staff? I think there were some different avenues that the team could have gone. And I think that the choices that they made, they could all work, wind up working out perfectly. But when you look at the Gannon, the Gannon hire, the issue I had with was all of a sudden it just seems like, okay, we need to find somebody to fulfill a Rooney rule. Let's just go ahead and throw Chris Harris's name in there. And the next thing you know, two hours, like a few hours later, oh, yeah, Gannon's going to sign with the Eagles. Okay. And then later on when it came to the Stitchin hire to become the offensive coordinator, I mean, I think Pep Hamilton what got was should receive a lot of the credit for one the person being able to help out Justin Herbert, uh, the quarterback for the, San Diego, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and they said hired the other guy. And there are a lot of guys out there that definitely should be able to go ahead and fill one of these holes. I mean, head coaching, and I keep, I've heard the argument saying that, well, you had Andy Reid. It's been 23 years since the Eagles have had a black head coach, black offensive coordinator, or black defensive coordinator. And the argument that I keep hearing is, well, Andy Reid took up a lot of that time, which granted for the head coaching spot, but for the coordinator positions, it's just, there's been a lot of talent that's been available. I mean, and it's just been bypassed. I mean, I mentioned Pep Hamilton earlier. What about Byron Leftwich? I mean, everybody keeps talking about us and they'll go, oh, well, Brady ran the offense. Well, who, who's the person that'll go ahead and scheme and stuff and make sure everything was all right? There are so many names that have been out there that, have just, it seems like been brought in just to say, okay, we got to satisfy this one rule. And I think there's a lot of coaching talent that doesn't get a chance in this. And I think the Eagles, it's a league wide problem, but I think the Eagles had an opportunity to go ahead and rectify the problem, especially I'd probably say office coordinator wise. And it didn't happen. And it's disappointing. Uh, and I'm by no means saying that the Eagles are racist at all. They're not. I think, when it comes to the social justice, when it comes to social justice, the team has done a lot, and they've been one of the forefront. They're one of the more progressive franchises out there. I'm just disappointed in the fact that you spend 23 years and nothing has changed in that aspect. That that's where I'm coming from with that with that article. It was, and for each year that the, each one of them, uh, this coaching staff is still there, it's more likely just adding another year and another year and another year that we won't see a change and. It, something has to be done at the league level and and, and hopefully in the local level here with the team is something just has to be changed. And I think to your point too, um, they've not only hired an offensive coordinator, but a passing game coordinator. We haven't seen a running game coordinator announced. Maybe Jeff Stoutland keeps that, that role. He's going to be retained as the offensive line coach reportedly. Um, I look, I, I think this is a situation that the Eagles really, they are a very forward-thinking and progressive organization. We've seen what they've done in their front office. They have a lot of females, a lot of minorities in that front office. The issue is <clears throat> when you're moving on from somebody who, like Deuce Staley, who is very relatable to players, who has made a lot of headway with players, and it's already a young locker room that is full of a lot of black athletes, you do run the risk of having a bunch of guys – in charge who don't look like their players. And I think that that for just in general, from a relatability standpoint could be a problem. Um, it's been a while since this team has really gone through a youth movement. It's been a really long time since this team has 
dealt with this young of a roster as they're going to have this offseason. And while J- Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and some of the other veterans might still be around, you know, you're largely bringing in a bunch of young, mostly African-American faces, uh, black faces that that are really going to be the stewards of your franchise for the coming years, or you hope will be. And I think it's very important for guys to feel like they're seen and feel like they're heard. And that comes from a relatability standpoint. So I think you're completely on the ball there, not even just talking opportunity, but talking about the makeup of a team and the chemistry of a team and the chemistry of a locker room. Um, They will reportedly bring in Tracy Rocker as a defensive line coach who would replace uh, Matt Burke, who did a terrific job last year. Matt Burke, could still be retained. Remember, he's got a background as a linebackers coach. Maybe that's where they ended up moving him. Um, he'd also be an asset because he'd be the only guy with defensive coordinator experience on the roster. Um, I've been told that they have made calls uh, regarding some younger uh, African-American assistants. Um, and I think, look, I, I think this is a <clears throat> situation I always say this, this is a situation because it is a situation. I think they need to get some minorities in the pipeline here, not just for those third round compensatory picks if guys get promotion, but because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for the sport. It's the right thing for their locker room. Um, Now, I've spoken to uh, Zach Pascal, a black wide receiver who played under Nick Sirianni and Kevin Petullo, who swears by them. He praised them. Uh, talked about how detailed they are and how much they helped him. Uh, You know, Pascal was a teammate of Travis Fulgham's at Old Dominion. Fulgham looks up to Pascal. They briefly spoke about the the coaching change, but they really weren't able to get into it. Um, But he thinks, Pascal thinks that that Sirianni and and Petullo can really get the most out of Fulgham. We've seen on Twitter uh, Kenny Moore for the Colts, a black cornerback, effusively praised Jonathan Gannon um, who's one of was one of the very few white DB coaches in the league now he'll become a defensive coordinator Um, let's get into that because I think Gannon's the most intriguing hire here even more so than Nick Sirianni because just calling around um, I get the sense that he is very well respected very sharp very uh, forward-thinking very aggressive Uh, he comes from the Matt Eberflus Mike Zimmer, uh, coaching tree. Those guys run a lot of cover too. They're going to have two safeties back there, give the corners a lot of help, which I think will help the secondary, especially at the cornerback position is they're going to have to rework the secondary. Um, and then they run a, a standard four, three. Um, how do you think Gannon can come in here and, and help this team and this defense? Well, I think that's the first thing that was very important, the fact that they were going to remain in a 4-3 because this team is definitely suited for that. And I was really worried, especially with some of the people they were bringing in for head coaching jobs and, and worry about they were worried about switching to a 3-4. But the fact that they're going to remain that, is, is, I think it's going to be very, very important for, here from here going forward. I think when you look at what he brings, I think especially with the fact that you know, he made, he brought it not only just Eberflus, but he worked under Zimmer's staff as well, too, which is a good another good defensive mind to actually work with as well. And look, he, I mean, what the Eberflus didn't didn't blitz as much last year, but you had a great front four that was able to go ahead and put pressure. I mean, I think going back in there, he uh, the Colts blitzed something like seventeen point one percent of the time last year, according to Pro Football Focus, and that something like that, a rate like that is is 
you think like, wow, they were able to go ahead and get that much pressure and didn't, and didn't have to blitz. It's crazy. And I think that's very something very uh, comforting for the Eagles defense to know as well, too, that, hey, you know what? If this guy can go ahead and scheme up blitzes, I mean, scheme up pressures, and you get more guys to go ahead and drop back into coverage, I mean, that that's definitely going to help out this team a lot. And you mentioned the secondary. I mean, especially there's no doubt about it. They're going to have to get another cornerback at some point, either hopefully hopefully through the draft. But when you look at the, what he can do, that just having those two safeties back there as as a safety as a safety blanket, excuse part of pun, but to go ahead and, and help out with those cornerbacks, it's going to be huge. And then especially to go ahead and, and drop some of those linebackers back as well too, I think that's going to help out in the long run. And I think the I think what he brings as well too, just just the pedigree that he has. I mean. He's probably the most excited, the coach I'm most excited about seeing what he's able to do with this as well. Too, I mean, this town for the most part has had a has had a good history when it comes to defensive coordinators. I mean, you know, Jim Schwartz had his had his spots, but he he was a good defensive coordinator overall. I mean, we'll, we'll skip over to Billy Davis years. That was a <laughs> interesting, but I think he 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 fits that mold and has the potential to be a, an impact defensive coordinator. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to come in and look, I'm a big fan of Mike Zimmer's. I think Mike Zimmer is the best defensive mind in football. Um, has it always worked out? No, but I do think you're going to see some decent change in the linebacker group. I think if the Eagles do are able to create enough cap space where they can have, you know, 15 to 18 million, which I think is doable if they rework Carson Wentz's contract, if they feel like, <clears throat> they can mend fences there if they if they get rid of you know Derek Barnett, now Sean Jeffrey, Malik Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, uh, rework a few deals, which will happen. Uh, I do think they'll go after a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who I think is is like the perfect Leotis McKelvin like guy to bring in and 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 teach your system and and kind of evolve that system. Uh, to partner with Darius Slay so that way you don't feel the pressure to draft a cornerback six overall. Maybe you draft two guys in the second and third round, and then those guys grow behind Slay and, and Rhodes, who's maybe on a one or two year deal. Um, I, I think you're going to look for more athletic linebackers. I think Alex Singleton's a really good fit as a Sam linebacker in the system. I think uh, you're going to need somebody who's way more athletic than TJ Edwards as a middle linebacker. Um, weak side, I think there's some upside for Davian Taylor. I, I, I think that this is the right defense for him. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then I think you look at the defensive line. I think they're perfect for this system. Uh, as an executive told me, nobody runs a cover two exclusively because you have to have really good pass rushers. Well, the Eagles have really good pass rushers. And um, I think a front of uh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox is really appealing. I think you still need to draft a defensive end relatively early, as early as, as the second round. And um, excuse me. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think you need to add some depth there, but they won't be as rotated as they were probably under Jim Schwartz is my guess. Um, I think the defensive end rotation really worked out well, or the defensive line rotation worked out well under Jim Schwartz. I just don't think that that's what's going to happen here. I think you're going to see guys get pretty heavy snaps, but they'll kind of uh, <clears throat> utilize their depth in different ways uh, based on packages as opposed to a rotation. Um, so let's talk about the offense. So Shane Steichen comes in. 
you see a lot of window dressing of how good he did with Justin Herbert, but overall his first season as a play caller wasn't terrific. Uh, we don't know who's going to call the plays. Um, chances are it's going to be Nick Sirianni. So it'll just be Seichin doing play design. Um, and then you've got Kevin Petullo, who my understanding is he was the passing game c- coordinator for, for the Colts after working as a wide receivers coach for his first two years there, he's a guy who kind of helps match up based on defense. So he's going to focus on the defensive looks and how you uh, craft plays for certain defensive looks. So he'll study the competition and see where they have flaws in their passing game, which I think is interesting. I, I mean, I don't know how much, uh, Press Taylor did that while he was here, but having that role is kind of interesting. Petula is a former college quarterback. He played at USF. Uh, he's got experience as both a, an NFL quarterbacks coach and an NFL wide receivers coach. So he understands how, how to bridge the gap between those two positions, which seemed to have like a ma- major divide last season between Carson Wentz and his wide receivers. So that may be uh, a really smart play. Um, the Eagles brass was very big on, um, uh, Sirianni's coaching staff suggestions. I was told that several times before he was hired. So um, what do you think of the, the offensive uh, unit for as far as the coaching staff is concerned? Well, I, I think when it comes to, I, I think I, looking at what it projects to possibly happen, I think a lot of people are going to be happy that there'll be a lot of screen, more screen passes that'll be thrown. I think they're going to run the ball and be a little bit more balanced. I think when you look at the rate of play action passes that Seitz and Rant and, and and the Chargers ran. I think they were among uh, Rivers was uh, Herbert was one among the top four pass, uh, quarterbacks that went ahead and uh, had completion centers running off to play action. And I think when you have a guy like Miles Sanders, who at times was underused last year because uh, because of the uh, pass streaks and team falling behind and stuff like that, but when you look at you have a, a guy like that in your backfield, you can go ahead and, and you use him more. I mean, you think you have more potential for more big big plays to be used. And I think that especially with this team getting its offensive line back pretty much attacked, if you still have that question over at left tackle, who's going to start. But for the most part, having these athletic guys being able to go out in space and block, I think that's just going to be nothing but good when it comes there. And that whole entire thing of going ahead and running the ball, I think will t- whoever's a court will lessen the pressure or whoever's the quarterback whether it be Wentz or Hurts. And I think if you go ahead and continue to go ahead and give that run game, only good things will come out of that. And it's going to be – the one thing I want to see is if it is Sirianni going ahead and and will be calling the plays, will he stick with that run game? And even when things aren't going four or five yards run, if it go against a team with two, three yards and a pop and there's nothing really going, will he go ahead and be disciplined enough to stay with that to open up other things down the field? Because – I think Rager can go ahead and bounce back, especially off a of play action. If he goes ahead and, and, and works a little, a little bit well of uh, beating uh, press coverage, same with Fogel as well, too. If those guys are able to go ahead and work this offseason on beating that press coverage and finding ways to get open with that play action, I think they can have some, they, they can go ahead and bounce back and have really, really good years. Yeah. So um, let's talk about uh, what other positions they have to fill. So right now there's no quarterbacks coach. There's no running backs coach, at least that have been announced. Uh, Justin Peel left for the Atlanta Falcons uh, this past weekend. So there's no tight end coach. Um, Jeff Stoutland staying. So the offensive line is there. Uh, Defensive line, Tracy Rockers reportedly going to be the guy. There's no linebackers coach. 
Um, Marquand Manuel hasn't been dismissed as far as we know. Neither is wide receivers coach Aaron Moorhead. Uh, safeties coach Tim Houck is still around, but you know he could go somewhere else. I don't. I don't know. And then special teams, obviously, Dave Phipps gone. So there's quite a bit of of turnaround on this staff. Uh, the two guys that I would have kept, you know, are definitely, uh, you know, I would have kept, um, sorry, an email just distracted me. I'm like a, like a puppy dog. Um, I would have kept Stoutland and, and Moorhead and those guys seem to still be there. Uh, we'll see if Steichen or Petulo double up on, on jobs, passing game coordinator slash wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Um, are there any names out there that you'd like to see for any of those positions that you think would fit or, or be just maybe a different voice in there that isn't connected to them? I think when you look at what's out there, I mean, uh, I, I really – there's nobody I really see. I, I wouldn't mind them going to the reaching to the college level. I wouldn't mind going, especially the way that the uh, teams are finding to go ahead and basically utilizing their wide receiver, uh, the tight ends as pretty much wide receivers and everything. I I don't have a specific name, but I wouldn't be adverse for the team go ahead and trying to find that next coach to go ahead down to college level because the way that I think the appeal loss is going to be really, really big bigger than i think people imagine i mean look, the job that he did with zach Ertz and with dallas goddard and in this offense i think it was huge and to lose a guy like that to go ahead and, and develop and who knows how to run the routes who knows how to fake it like doing delays and and, and, and blocking losing a guy like that is going, going to be huge and I, I, this team has to. I think the team's going to have to think a little bit outside the box when it comes to finding these guys. I mean, Ole Miss with the guy, job they did down in Kenny with Kenny Yaboa, I think that was the job that he did with that. I think it was good. And uh, I don't have specific names. I have to, I'll probably go back and look at that. But I think they should. I wouldn't mind this team looking at the collegiate at the collegiate level to go ahead and fill that a couple of those positions. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. I. Uh, I think. Going to the college level, especially for position coaches, is smart, especially if those guys have offensive or defensive coordinator experience at the college level. You can get some guys that you can kind of groom, especially because Gannon is a guy who's seen as a future head coach. You want to be be able to backlog some good coaching minds uh, and having play calling experience even at the college level is is a benefit. Um, you know, for me, I'd, I'd look – I'd look into some experience. I think Jim Codwell is beyond taking a quarterback's coach job at this point. He's interviewing for the Houston Texans head coaching job. He's getting consider, excuse me, consideration. Um, but I think uh, somebody like Pep Hamilton, who's interviewing for a couple of offensive coordinator jobs, if those fall through, I think he did such a great job with, with Justin Herbert that um, I don't know how that would not be appealing. Very smart coach. Um, puts him in the kind of pipeline to maybe get future advancement down the road. Uh, you know, I think Mike McCoy makes a lot of sense. You know, this is a very young coaching staff, and I think having a former head coach on the the, the, the payroll would be very helpful. Um, McCoy was Sirianni's first boss with the Chargers. Uh, he's got a very heavy, you know, resume when it comes to off being an offensive coordinator and working with quarterbacks. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, as some of you might know, I spoke with Todd Haley earlier this uh, this week, getting a lot of information on Nick Sirianni. Um, I got the vibe that he's really happy where he is, being in Florida with his kids. So, um, it, I, you know, I think adding experience, a former head coach at some level of this coaching staff is very important. Um, or even like a very long time defensive coordinator, uh, someone like a George Edwards, who's a senior consultant for the or senior uh, staff member for the Cowboys. If they put him at linebackers coach, I think that would be helpful. He worked with uh, Gannon in, in Minnesota for several years. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, I would go the experience route, at least somewhere on this, on this staff. Uh, I think having a head coach to be a position coach slash, um, assistant head coach would be vital and helpful to this regime. Uh, this is probably one of the younger first time coaching staffs I've ever seen. Uh, they have a combined one year of play calling experience at the NFL level, uh, and that's all from Shane Steichen, who got it last year and wasn't particularly great at it. So that's where I'm at. Um, for our final thoughts, who's the guy that you think on the roster benefited the most from these initial coaching hires? And who's the guy who benefited the least, you think? I, I, I can just go to one position. That's the quarterback position. I think it was uh, Carson Wentz. I mean – benefited the most because they pretty much got rid of Doug Peterson. They got a guy who could go ahead and supposedly fix him, and then they made all these roster changes like just for him. And the person that doesn't – it doesn't benefit the most is Jalen Hurts because now it was like the team went ahead and changed everything for Wentz and to make sure he was comfortable to go ahead and get something everything that was right to go ahead and make him the best quarterback that he can be and, and, res- and fix him. And then they just said, okay – Jalen Hurts, all right, yeah, you could be the backup or we'll look to move you and or we'll keep his development guy. I mean, that's the that's the way it looks like from the outside of me. And I'm not sure if that was the right way to go about it. I mean, and and it's given like I, I thought that the team could have kept Wentz to Pierce, even if it was fractured, but if they decided to go with Wentz, okay, he did that. But if he you had to go ahead and change bring in change a whole entire coaching staff just to go ahead and make sure that it fits, it fitted him. I, then you start getting to to other conversations. That little, things are a little bit more concerning, but I think he was the guy. I think he's the one that's benefited the most out of everybody. And and you look, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm looking like, what did I do? Like I I tried to do the best. Like hey, like you put me in a situation, you drafted me in the second round, and now I'm just sitting here. So you're looking like, what's going on? Eh. That, 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 that's the part I think he he benefited the most. And I'm sorry, I just remember too the the tight ends coach uh, Joe John Finley. That's the guy from Ole Miss. He does the guy I thought should be. You know, so who, who's the guy that who, who's the guy that benefited the least from this? Oh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen oh, Hurts. okay. Oh, Jalen Hurts definitely for sure for sure. I mean, who, who do you think benefited? Um, I think uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, if you've seen what the what the passing game has done with uh with Michael Pittman, with, with um, T.Y. Hilton, with the overall quarterback. Look, they've had three different quarterbacks in three different years, and they've put up pretty good numbers with all three of them. Uh, the wide receivers, well, T.Y. Hilton's numbers have dipped. I mean, he's also getting older. He's a smaller wide receiver. But I think when you look at what Jalen Rager can do, I think there's a lot of T.Y. Hilton to him. I think that benefits him. I think Travis Fulgham 
compares pretty well to Michael Pittman. Um, and I think just the focus on wide receiver is a very big deal for the Eagles and for that position group. And obviously, as you said, Carson Wentz, the quarterback. So I would say that the, the guy that benefited the most is probably Jalen Rager. The guy who probably benefited the least uh, from these coaching changes is Miles Sanders. Um, you're looking at a system now where you've lost your running backs coach. You've lost your head coach. Uh, they really bought in hard to, uh, to Miles Sanders and coming off of injuries, coming off of what he dealt with. Look, the, the Colts ran the ball relatively well last year. Jonathan Taylor had a pretty great rookie season, but there's going to be more of a rotation again. And I think that they're going to look for a, a bit of a bigger back. I think they're going to look for a running back relatively early. Uh, they're going to want a, a two or three headed monster here. And I think Boston Scott and Miles Sanders uh, could see their, not their touches dip because Doug Peterson barely ran the ball, but I think there's going to be a more spread out thing. Miles Sanders isn't going to be that every down back uh, as he was billed this past year and still wasn't really used as. So, uh, that's who I think kind of benefited the least from this. Um, I will add another benefit. Uh, I do think that um, someone like Kayvon Wallace is going to benefit from having uh, Gannon back there. I think he's going to, they're going to put him in position to be a really good cover two safety. Uh, he'd probably play the strong safety role if that's the case, but I think he's going to benefit from this. Uh, so, just remember, you can sign up for Eagles Extra at nj.com slash text. Uh, we're doing weekly Q&As on Fridays at noon. Uh, they're an hour long. They're exclusive. And you can ask as many questions as you want. Remember, just go to nj.com slash text and sign up. 14 days free. You can kind of feel around for what we do and then, you know, make your choice from there. Uh, after that, it's only $4.99 a month. So for the price of a cup of coffee or a little bit more, you you get to chill with us, send us text messages, we'll answer your questions, and you'll get breaking news sent straight to your phone. Um, people on Eagles Extra, members of Eagles Extra found out about Press Taylor uh, way before anybody else. Uh, they found out about some exclusive stuff on Nick Sirianni before anybody else. So we're, we're cooking up the content for you. Uh, and then uh, remember, you can download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Um, we wanted to make this a little bit longer because we know our initial, uh, emergency podcast is a little bit shorter. Um, but for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.